Hello, latest PS5 community. Don't mind me, I'm just here to let you know that this week this episode is completely advertisement free. Therefore, you can enjoy this episode with absolutely no interruptions. If, of course, you prefer to gain access to all of our ad-free episodes, this is available through our Patreon link in the description. Enough from me, back to the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the latest PS5 podcast. I'm your host today, Mr. Alex Sylvester, and with me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Sonny Sangera. How are you doing today, mate? Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. What's Konnichiwa again? That's hello, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this well, the only, the only thing you know in Japanese is goodbye or lasty, you know what I mean? In Texas, like, see ya. Someone, someone's a stand-up comedian today, but anyway. Okay, I tell you what, that's probably the fastest Tekken reference in episode history. You know <laughs> episode I mean? history. Seven seconds. <laughs> <How we beat. laughs> the beef is always on, people. Uh, but welcome back to the latest PS5. Uh, your one place for all the latest PlayStation 5 news. Uh, and, you know, we do dabble in the others as well. Um, but yeah, we've got a whole host for you today. We're going to be talking about the PS5 update, uh, manufacturing update. Uh, we've got an update for the upcoming Sony event. Plenty of Final Fantasy 16 news for all you fans out there. Um, PS Plus Premium is uh, back in the news and headlines. Uh, and there is a 60 hertz change, plus more. So, uh, yeah, we've got a fun-packed episode for you. Fun-packed, that's what they used to say back in the day. Uh, but anyway, before we dive into all that news, what have you been playing? Right, ladies and gentlemen. Let me well, rephrase that. Have you been playing anything else? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's get you all up to date. I'm on level four of the campaign of Jurassic World Evolution 2. <laughs> building my park, looking after my dinosaurs, making sure their comfort's all good. Uh, I've got like 10 trophies on my platinum chase for that game. So um, playing through that. Also, again, playing eFootball online and fully started Resident Evil 2 in... Um, with the PS5 version of it as well. Ray tracing looks nice, but even with VRR on, and I checked on um, Digital Foundry as well, Capcom didn't do a good job. But when you whack that fucker into performance mode and it's with VRR and it's bumping above 60 frames, man, that shit punches weight. And I'm like, ooh, this this is a PS4 game and it's, you know, this is nice. So playing that, forgot how amazing resident evil 2 was and how annoying it is when you think yeah, i got 30 bullets and then you put 16 of them into one fucking zombie just to drop him <laughs> in it like for god's sake <laughs> what about you yeah me uh yeah as always i mean i'm slugging through well between two and it uh or faithful last of us 2 um and i am also trying to get my way through horizon forbidden west which i'm, I'm enjoying just taking my time with uh, i think i was trying to take down was it those, one of those tremo tusks those uh, big oh, elephants yeah, that's like a game in itself that's what i love about the game you know what i mean you could just like see a boss and then that's your challenge you know and it's just completely open completely free and you can just do whatever you want you know whatever you find whatever the best way is to take it down and and for those aspects of it i'm loving it and i'm pretty much only just using like the basics man, like a bow and arrow and some like other gadgets and stuff but it's just funny just seeing like the weak points and stuff like that and knocking them down but anyway you could always go into that and it's been interesting for Horizon Forbidden West as well. So uh, we'll get into that a bit later. But first of all, let's throw over to uh, the news. But before that, 
guys, if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, remember you can hit us up in the comment section below. Also, if you want to get to us by email, um, thelatestps5 at gmail.com or by Twitter, which most of you people are on, at latestps5. So with all that said and done, oh, and also the Patreon, if you ever got, if you uh, want to support the show, we'd love to um, give you support. We love giving things back as well. Um, just head over to patreon.com forward slash latestps5. So with all that formality out the way. Are you sure? Are you sure this time? Sure. <laughs> Giving me false starts, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm getting all ready. And he's like, oh, wait. And I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, it. that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it. Mic off, mic off. Great, what we got, mate? Okay, so uh, we've got a lot of news this week. You mentioned at the top of the show that we had a manufacturing update and we have had one from Sony. You know, on this show over the weeks, we've kept you up to date every time something has changed with the chip shortages and semiconductor shortages and sony's update on manufacturing and that's what we're doing here so number one sony is set to see a much needed increase in ps5 shipments worldwide as ongoing chip and component shortages have reportedly started to ease according to a new report the report claims that ps5 shipments should start to see a noticeable increase during the second half of 2022 and 2023 Sony's latest home console has been plagued by semiconductor shortages since launch in November 2020, an issue that has also affected both Nintendo and Microsoft supplies globally. This has resulted in all consoles being in short supply at retailers with only sporadic restocks appearing, which would promptly sell out. Launching in November 2020, the PS5 was tracking ahead of PS4, making it the fastest selling console of all time. However, those chip shortages now see the PS4 tracking ahead of the PS5 in the same time frame by 2 million units. Alex, That's not much. we hear this every week. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to ease. And then a report comes, nah, 2024. No, it's going to ease. Nah, 2024. No, it's going to ease. We don't know. But I mean, from a UK standpoint, We've seen a lot of PS5 hardware. When I say a lot, it's not a lot, but it's still a lot of PS5 hardware coming into the UK because we we yeah. were going months and months at the beginning of the year without any hardware coming in. Absolute drought. But yeah, I mean, especially from the charts recently, uh, we're starting to see definitely some evidence of chip shortage easing. Or is it just Sony just releasing that batch of PS5s that they just had stocked away because they weren't sure exactly how it was all going to weather out? Either way. There are more PS5s in the wild, and that's always a good thing because there are some amazing games available. And before you move on, I think one thing to note is what we're seeing in Europe over the last two, I think it might be three, or I definitely know it's the last two months. I think it is the last two months. The PS5's been the best-selling console in the continent, but not in America. In America, it's sitting dead last, which looks like they are prioritising the EU continent, you know, because it is a very important continent to hit, obviously, but it was reversed at the beginning of the year where there was no stock in the EU whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if, you know, more consoles are coming in. I do expect a drought over the summer because there's no game really, you know, I think Sony will stockpile and wait for those big guns to launch in September, October onwards. So hopefully we see the machines, but I mean, we, we spoke about a few weeks ago, didn't we? We reported the news that they were manufacturing the PS5 differently to help yeah. ease the use uh, use of those limited components. So that could be taking time as well. So Yeah, exactly. And it's also saving money on the weight as well as they've reduced the heat sink as well. Obviously, one of many amendments they'll be making before the infamous Slim uh, comes out, which I'm sure I saw one YouTuber has actually made their yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring that up to you. I don't know if you two but, centimeters yeah. in thickness. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? you know, the power pack is like behind it. But it looked good. 
Yeah, he, uh, he removed the heat sink and put a water coolant in, um, which he says actually cools the console more, but you can imagine the price on that. And yeah. yeah, he took the power brick out and put it on a separate thing, which usually what slim models do to make it slim anyway. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, Sony need to hire this guy and get him going. They do, they do, no doubt. I'm sure they'll be watching that video over and over again. Uh, speaking of Sony, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment has officially rolled out its revamped PS Plus service in multiple regions, including Australia, EU, and New Zealand today. Uh, to celebrate, the console manufacturer has rolled out an impressive new trailer to celebrate, so go check that out on YouTube if you can. Uh, the new PS Plus offers a free tier subscription service to choose from, beginning with the PS Plus Essential. Uh, this is basically the same as PS Plus that you're familiar with, uh, while PS Plus Extra adds a bunch of additional games for PS4 and PS5 by combining existing PS Plus and PS Now titles into one package. Finally, the most expensive option is the PS Plus Premium, uh, which includes all of the above, plus a wealth of retro games spanning the PS3, the PS2, and the PS1, and also the PSP. Uh, and uh, speaking of retro games, Sony confirmed overnight that it will be giving users uh, in the PAL regions a chance to switch to the 60 hertz for PlayStation 1 titles, as many of them are currently uh, at the slower uh, 50 hertz. So, um, yeah, so that's that's good news for you um, hertz mad FPS fans, as in frames per second as opposed to first person shooter. But yes, you're a new uh, member of the premium club, aren't you, mate? Yeah, I, you know what it is? We delayed recording um, intentionally by one day just so we could record the day that it launches in the UK. Um, and it was funny because I went on and my subscription was going to end in towards the end of July for my PlayStation Plus. So I'll tell you a funny story. I haven't bought a PlayStation Plus subscription since... 2016 because it went on sale on black friday for 24.99 and i bought like flipping almost like eight years worth of <laughs> subscriptions and i just loaded it in and it's finally coming to it and i've never <laughs> thought about it right ever and it's just like oh shit it's coming to an end so like you know I've, uh, I've, i better do this but yeah. it was running out at the end um it had switched me automatically to essential which is the basic package which is what you mentioned at the top of the news story mm -hmm. But it gave me two up. It's so easy to use. I was using the app. It was so easy. It showed me how much I had to pay if I wanted to upgrade to either extra or the premium separately in each tab. Yeah. So you're clear and for how long. So for £19, which I paid, I could upgrade to premium for the remaining 87 days of my subscription nice. um, or it added on to that. And then from there, I will pay $39.99 every three months or £100 every year. So if you do upgrade people, please remember that will automatically switch on the auto renewal on your settings. So you need to go to your subscriptions in your settings to turn that back off if you don't want to automatically renew and Sony automatically take money out of your account when your subscription subsides. So, yeah. Um, Remember of PlayStation, I'll tell you one thing that's really cool though, Alex. I haven't had a proper look at it, but as I scroll down the app, it was showing me the prices of like random games and that. Once I went to premium, I scrolled back up, it was zero, 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 <laughs> zero, zero. And I was like, holy Sweet. shit, man. I've just got like 800 games now to have access. Oh, I basically yeah. have Netflix on my PlayStation yeah. now for games. It's yeah. so cool to see, man. 
is, and it's going to be interesting how this like subtly shapes the whole model of game purchasing games in the future. Because this oh, is I'm not buying game. shit now unless it's a big, big <laughs> game that I want to play. I'll just wait for that to hit the subscription. Sorry, yeah. Sony, but uh, it's if it's a quality. As, as I mentioned to you the other week, if it's a quality game, like um, something I'm really intrigued by, like Deliver Us Mars or something, I want to support the publisher because yeah. they've worked hard on a game that I'm going to love and enjoy. So I'm going to pay my money to, so, you know, to, to support them and help them, you know, make back and recoup those development costs. But if it's a game that I was like, maybe I'll wait until it's in sale now, I'll just be like, nah, nah, nah. So for example, I would pay for Jurassic World Evolution too, obviously. <laughs> would you? But for like <laughs> Ghost Runner, uh, which again, I was really intrigued by, but I didn't want to pay for it because I was like, yeah. eh, will I pick it up? I mean, obviously it was already a PlayStation Plus game a few months ago, but now I know that I've got access to it. So it's one of those times where we are going to go the rest of 2022 with limited games to play because yeah. everything moved to 2020. 2023 is going to be horrendous, right? But 2022 is a quiet month. So I can just go in like, dude, I can go back and play Spider-Man Remastered now. You know what I mean? Or Return or Death Stranding. And I was thinking about going back to play Death Stranding, but I was like, oh shit, I bought that on disc. Now I've got it. Yeah. It's just crazy. Alex, yeah, upgrade and you've got Returnal and then you can go. Yeah, it's 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 mad. You know, you're just talking about it's going to be like a quiet year. I mean, it's just mad how February was like the most packed month ever yeah. in terms of games. Uh, and now it's just like a drought. Uh, well, like you said, I mean, obviously you've got access to all these classic games now, you know, and I can't wait to get my hands on to Returnal and blast the shit out of that game. Um, but also um, go to Tsushima, you know, so um, mm. uh, exciting times, man. But um, the director's yeah. cut as well, mate. You know what I mean? Cut, so. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the version I want to play, the final version. Yeah, no, mm. I don't want to see updates every two days. But anyway, moving on, what we got? Okay, so this one, listeners, is a big one. So last week, our key headline was obviously the Square Show and Final Fantasy Rebirth, which was the part two of the Final Fantasy VII remake. There was no real news about Final Fantasy XVI last week, but there has been a plethora of news this week, so much. So strap down. We've got a lot of news to go through on this one for Final Fantasy XVI. So new story number three. Mm. Let me just get my burp out. All right. Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida has revealed that the upcoming JRPG is pushing for mature themed content and therefore may be the first core entry in the venerable franchise to receive a mature rating. Typically, most Final Fantasy games carry a teen or everyone rating, but this time around, the development team are not limiting themselves and are instead pushing for a more mature tone. Here's what Yoshida-san revealed during a chinwig with GameSpot. When trying to tell a story with difficult adult themes, these ratings can end up becoming somewhat of a hindrance and you find yourself changing things that you wanted to do in the game based on that rating. You wanted to show something, but because you have this certain rating that you need to go to, you need to move the camera away. And that ends up making the entire experience feel a little bit cheaper. And so this time to make sure that we could tell the story that we wanted in the way that we wanted to, we decided to pursue a mature rating in most of the regions that will be releasing the game. But again, this is not because we simply wanted to make the game more violent or the game more explicit. This is because we felt it was necessary to allow us to explore those mature themes that the game tackles. Okay, before I move on, Alex, I want to stop there. Is this a more of a freedom for them because Sony have obviously paid a huge chunk for full exclusivity on final fantasy 16 they don't have to worry about sales numbers 
mm. because the Sony have funded development with them and it's exclusive to PlayStation, but also because they've looked at games like Elden Ring and other mature games that are selling like hotcakes. And they thought, you know what? Yeah. We don't need to cater to teen and everyone because we're going to sell 10 million plus regardless. True, it's true. And I think it's a culmination of them both. Definitely, you know what I mean? The fact that they've got enough financial runway, you know, to pretty much do whatever they want is a, a nice ease. Um, but also, I think they've realized the demographics for their audience now, you know, that it is a lot more mature. You know, a, a, lot, a lot of the game players, I'm assuming, are going to be more legacy players, the ones who were around potentially for, you know, the likes of Final Fantasy VII all the way up. Uh, and pretty much later entrants into the game are going to be much more of a mature audience and they're just basically catering to that so that they can just satisfy that itch that most people want now you know they want more realistic themes and want more engaging content and mature is typically the way to go you know the majority of ps5 owners are going to be you know adults so um yeah it's it's definitely a good move uh catering to the market and like you said going back to the fact that they can just relax don't have to worry about sales or reputation it's pretty much in the can you know so they can now explore the game and the world in a lot better ways than uh, previously expected i'll tell you what because this is the final fantasy 14 team that are making it you know uh, final fantasy 14 the most profitable final fantasy and biggest final fantasy of all time because it's an online game I will call it now that this will be one of the greatest Final Fantasy games of all time from a critic standpoint of view, like a review and things like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get destroyed on Metacritic because it's PlayStation exclusive. Unfortunately, you can never look at a user rating on Metacritic because it makes no sense. But even if you look at the media ones as well... I think it's a yeah, bad. I mean, it's got to be a quiet game, like a third-party game, multi-platform, then you can. But if it's a, like, you can see it, Halo, well, Halo is justified, but For- Forza, for example, is a good one. It's a great game, mm. um, but it's got like a one-point-something because PlayStation fanboys bombed it. And you look at Gran Turismo, it's a great game, but it's got yeah. one-point-something. And part of that was their fault for their pricing, but again, it's also Xbox as well. I always say Metacritic should have a system where you have to, show the completion trophy or achievement before yeah. your review that, that that means it's shown you yeah. log in and it shows that you've finished your game now you're viable to do a review because then it's legit right um but yeah moving on from that one in a separate interview yoshida-san also revealed that the upcoming jrpg will feature fully ai driven party members in battle he quotes in battle you have these characters that will be fully ai driven But that doesn't mean that they will just be there in battle. They will be party banter. They will be accompanying Clive along this journey and you'll have party members enter the party and leave the party and different people come in depending on where you are in the story. These characters will play big roles in the story and have their own arcs themselves. And so it's not just basically having someone help you in battle. It's having party members participating in Clive's journey. Now, let me quote here. When he says party players, that's not online players. That's... AI characters, but it's more fluid. It's going to feel like people are jumping in and out of your game, but it isn't. It's AI, it's characters and things like that. But it's all... Yeah, that so, can't even be crossed over, man. I mean, they're actually going to be put in big set pieces with these AI characters. I mean, how often do you really get that? Normally, exactly, it's just all because fun. in normal Final Fantasy games, it's turn like it's like you look at Final Fantasy VII remake. Cloud will attack, and then he'll go back, and then it will switch to an AI guy. And like, oh, I'm yeah. going to do this, and then yeah. you're not moving while he's doing it, and then he comes back, and then it carries on. Whereas this, it's saying you're going to go fucking mad. You know, yeah. this is going to be some John Wick shit. Yeah, no, that's amazing, you know, and they wouldn't have to rely on, you know, like you're saying, having, you know, like a 
PvP. You know what I mean? You can just mm. pretty much PvP versus AI or with AI. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, moving on. Uh, Yoshida-san also stated that Final Fantasy 16 will not be a full-scale open-world title. He revealed that during the next chapter in the hugely popular JRPG series, um, it will still pluck influence from a number of AAA open-world games. He also revealed that research by the team has discovered that a lot of younger gamers aren't interested in Final Fantasy, something which you touched on at the beginning of the story, mm -hmm. so want to try and attract new audiences with the game. And he was quoted saying, We found in our extensive user research that many of the younger generation of gamers have never played a Final Fantasy or don't have any interest in the series. To create a game that might excite and resonate not only with our core fans, but also with that new generation, we played a lot of games ourselves. And so, yes, in Final Fantasy 16, you'll find inspiration from recent AAA open world RPGs. However, to bring a story that feels like it spans an entire globe and beyond, we decided to avoid an open world design that limits us to a single open world space and instead yeah. focus on an independent area based game design that can give players a better feel of a truly global scale so what he's saying is it is going to be semi-open it's going to be large areas but it's going to be a cut scene and then it'll be in a different area like they jump yeah. on a train and it goes and then it's semi-open world somewhere else similar to like uncharted but not as linear as that if that makes sense yeah i think i don't have a problem with linear you know what i mean especially if it's got the quality and they actually manage to keep maintain that quality throughout the storytelling obviously if they go into a massive on world um type scenario it will get lost you know just for the sake that they just want to keep players engaged but the fact is that they're actually saying from the get-go yeah we are going to be limiting it you still have a bit of freedom but you know it's it's going to be a nice balance over there um yeah it's 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 a good it's a good balance to have it'd be interesting to see if they actually maintain that balance still so um, mm, i think the good thing a good comparison but it's on a much smaller scale it is the last of us where you think you're in these open areas but it eventually bottlenecks you to the next area think that but times it by like 20 but it will always bottleneck you to the next cutscene or the next area with final fantasy but the areas are bigger because the enemies are bigger and speaking of bigger this is the final bit of final fantasy 16 news and this is where bigger is better for playstation 5 yoshida's on heap praise on ps5's considerable technical prowess in particular being quite impressed by the console's loading times and this is what he said. It's only thanks to the power of the PlayStation 5 system that we can make Final Fantasy 16 the roller coaster ride that it is. With the boost in processing power, we can obviously make the graphics even richer than we could before, but it's the super fast loading times that really impressed me. In Final Fantasy 16, you jump straight from story cutscenes into real time battles and back again without any loading time, making the gameplay flow at a breakneck pace. Now, a big thing with Final Fantasy is facial reactions facial i'm thinking an anime when mm. your character or the hero character gets hit it the camera will change it will show his face he's like ah like he's in pain and then it will pan back to something different you know like over the shoulder and yeah. that happens in final fantasy but there's always stutters or loading to it which is terrible now imagine this in 16 exclusive to ps5 can run that ssd into the ground not thinking about the xbox versions or anything and yeah. just really just do all that, you know, yeah. at the speed that they envision, you know, right. which is no, no, no load whatsoever. Yeah, I love that. And it just keeps the momentum going. And that's what you want, really. You don't want to feel like you've just been throwing out the whole momentum, right? So, yeah, this is good. And the fact that they're utilizing this tech, this is what I want to see more of. You know, this is the reason why Mark Sadie put it in. And that's that's why 
this is the evolution of gaming now, isn't it? So um, yeah, I'm I'm of all the Final Fantasy games. I mean, it's been a while since I've even given a crap about Final Fantasy, but after watching this trailer, I actually thought, you know, I might give it a go. You yeah, I was, I was looking at 16. I was like, I might try it. You know, it does look really, really interesting. And I've spoke to some Final Fantasy fans who've played every game and played 14 online. Mm-hmm. And even they are saying they haven't been this excited about a Final Fantasy game in such a long time. And I'm like, yo, I'll give it a go. I'll right. wait for it to hit the PlayStation Plus system, right? <laughs> I'm only joking. I'll take years for that one to hit. But, you know. I'll you never like, know. Yeah. You never know. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, so moving on. Uh, more Sony news for y'all. Uh, Sony will be hosting an event titled Find Your New Zone next week on June 28th uh, at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time and 10 p.m. British Standard time. So uh, make sure you double check that if you're interested. Uh, the news was revealed through a tweet from Sony UK Twitter account. And while it clearly isn't a state of play, it definitely looks like it will be an event which the rumored upcoming hardware will be announced. Um, we'll reportedly hear about three new headsets and two new monitors next week, all new, uh, un- under, uh, all under a new branding um, called Inzone. Uh, the title of the event is the unconfirmed new name for these products um, seem to connect the two. Uh, two out of the three new headsets will be wireless uh, with one wired and the new monitors will reportedly come with features that are exclusive for PlayStation users. So, what? <laughs> yeah, what is- so, I mean, Sony, they licensed out a lot of this in the last generation to different headphone manufacturers and scuff for controllers and stuff like that. It seems that Sony, you know, you look at the Pulse headset, it's the best, it's so fucking good, especially with the 3D audio. And it looks like, and they made such a big fuss about audio in Mark Cerny's Power Hour. So they know what they're doing with these headsets. And I think when you look at, and when you look at the colors of the new plates, many people were buying these colors, which was crazy. Nice. So these headsets are rumored to be different colors as well, white, purple, blue, you know, I think it's just giving people extra options, you know, so everything can match, you know, and um, more hardware is better. And again, for people who maybe can't afford a 4K TV, Sony did something similar with PS3, they released a specific PlayStation monitor at a much cheaper price when HD was really expensive and people couldn't afford it. And it seems they're doing the same thing with PS5. I'm presuming common sense, if it's going to be exclusive tech, it will be HDMI 2.1. So you'll get 120 Hertz out of it. It will be a 4K resolution. Um, So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and obviously people do forget that Sony actually do make TVs still. (laughs) Mm. And they better, Alex do a pro controller announcement at the end of it as we spoke about last week yeah let's hope they don't do a sony and just forget that and leave it till like a state of play in august but anyway moving on what we got uh yeah so we go from confirming one event to leaving another event number five sony has confirmed through german website games Wirtschaft that playstation will not be at gamescom 2022 the, res- the report states that Sony Interactive Entertainment will not be taking part in Gamescom 2022, though what that ultimately means could be multiple things. Last year, PlayStation was absent from the show floor, though still provided some announcements during the live opening show. Yeah, I mean, we've got a question about this later, so we'll hold talking about... Actually, we'll just bring the question into it now. We won't have to answer it later. So we have a question um, from... Dean from Aberdeen in Scotland. 
Mm-hmm. Good eye, me PS5 brothers. Why was I Irish and I'm fucking from Scotland, <laughs> isn't it? Good eye, me PS5 brothers. <laughs> what do you think of PlayStation not being part of the big shows anymore and doing their own thing? Mm-hmm. So he asks, what do you think about Sony not being a part of these big shows and stuff like that? And that is from uh, Dean in Aberdeen, Scotland. I mean, friendly in the Scottish, please. That's I great. think Dean, you got to realize that Sony hasn't done these shows in a long time. We look, we're talking like early PS4 where they were taking part in them. Sony just do their own thing, you know, and they're not wasting millions and millions of dollars on E3. They're not putting a presence. Again, the most important thing you have to understand is with the semiconductor shortages, why are you spending millions to be on a show floor when you can't sell the machine, you know? So I think you'll see them back next year um, because obviously if, the semiconductor thing shortens up. Um, they can be there and they can spend money to sell hardware, but there's so many games and stuff coming out. They just don't need to be there. Um, you don't need to. And I think, yeah, I mean, you were talking about how Sony, I think it was Nintendo who first made that standpoint in it and thought, you know, mm. we're doing this and everyone then realized, hang on, why are they not doing it in favor of, of doing their own directs? And I guess you can just control the narrative a lot more. And like, yes, it is all about the almighty dollar. You know, if you can save a buck or two, why not just invest it into more um, marketing material in a world where you don't really have to market as much as you once did? You know, you don't have to put it in all magazines and different type of publications now. You can just send out a tweet, you know, or even just do your own produce, you know, state of play or video or whatever like, you know, so they're saving a whole load there. But like you said, maybe just for nostalgic value next year, we might see them on the, uh, the show floor, but realistically, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, game sales have proven that it's not really affected um, sales much. You know, people are more anticipated, you know, to get their hands on it once it actually does get released. So um, I don't see them going back, you know, anything more than nostalgia. So, and you got to remember as well that Sony don't have anything to show, um, you know, because everything's already out. And it's not saying that other companies won't be there with PS5 kiosks versions set up so you can play. So you will be playing PS5 games at Gamescom with a DualSense controller. It's just Sony don't have anything first party to show. I think next year... They will, you know, if you have games coming out that they can show to people and let them play and it's in development, then they'll show it. But games are so expensive now and people are still remotely working from home that games are just not going to be ready. Assets won't be ready and Sony don't have anything to show. So, you know, it would have been cool if they're like, yeah, we're going to be at Gamescom in a month before. Come early, play Last of Us Remake, see what you think. But again, they're not ready to do that, so... Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, the PSVR 2, and that's when they're going to just want to just take over the whole floor as soon as they've got that release, the brand new games, the new hardware. Oh, exciting times. That's where I want to mm-hmm. be at E3 for. You know what I mean? I want to get my hands on that. Um, but speaking of things to show, uh, we have an update from Gotham Knights uh, developers, uh, speaking from Game Informer. Um, Gotham Knights development team have revealed that the game's depiction of the iconic Gotham City is the biggest in a video game to date. Uh, asked how Gotham Knights version of the city compares to the one seen in Batman Arkham Knight, Eleanor um, replied, uh, it's pretty big. Um, I haven't put one map over the other, but our Gotham is a big place. Uh, Flower Marty, the game's uh, executive producer. Flower Marty, is that his real name? Mm-hmm. Um, Flower Marty. Uh, for sure, it's the biggest version of Gotham that has been represented in video games. The most important thing for us is its density and verticality. It has a lot of layers. Uh, the Bat Cycle is a long-range mode of transportation. 
So that's going to be fun. At least you just go around on a bat cycle and not feel like it, the, uh, the sit area is repeating or that you're you're in a walled garden, you know, or too noticeably of a walled garden. But yeah, it looks like they're taking this, you know, open world. And it's been a long time coming, really, isn't it? I mean, then again, the Arkham series has been great. Arkham Knight was brilliant. You know, it did feel like a, you know, a big enough city, but I guess it wasn't big enough. So you're looking forward to this? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I'm shocked that I'm saying it, but I'm not interested in Gotham Knights. What is it slightest. about this game? Like, what is it about the game that is just dude? Not, it looks. Mean, it just looks like the Arkham games. But the big difference is you're not Batman. So why do I give a shit? Like, it needed to be something different. Like Suicide Squad kills adjustedly looks different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm interested in that. But looking at Gotham Knights, it just looks like a prettier version of arkham knight but in arkham knight you got joker and batman so why the yeah. fuck do i want to play as his little bitches on the side so unless from a gameplay standpoint it revolutionizes the combat which from what i've seen it doesn't mm -hmm. from a frame rate and visual standpoint which it doesn't i tell you what i will play gotham knights when it is in my premium tier so that is when I will play. Yeah, that has nice. got a lot of love in this episode, man. Like, you know, I fucking love it, dude. Like, <laughs> but I think you're right. I think what they should have maybe have done is done like a transition game where you still had Batman and then incorporated a lot more of these characters, and then try and test the water then to see if people actually did want to purely. Dude, I just don't. I mean, I might be completely wrong, and people might be listening to this who are really excited about the game, and I totally get that, which is totally fine. And I might be totally wrong. The game might be absolutely stunning. And I'll, let me be clear here. If it is more Arkham Knight, the game is going to be stunning. Yeah. But when you look at it from a standpoint of how long they've had to develop this game mm -hmm. and it's on new hardware and it still just looks like Arkham Knight, I'm like, you know, like nothing. You're not doing anything different yet. So I need to, yeah. it's one of those games you need to get hands on to see what it's like. And I would have thought with the game coming out, they, this this year they would have at least put like a, a demo on PlayStation and Xbox and all that so you can try it to see what you think so alarm bells are ringing red flags are waving so we'll right. wait to see right. uh, yeah little shout out there any ladies and gentlemen listeners uh, if you let us know what your thoughts are about this new Gotham City game are you going to be getting your hands on it are you not going to be giving your hands on it um, or do you just want are you a diehard Batman fan just let us know your thoughts in the comment section below um, or get to us on email, thelatestps5 at gmail.com or by Twitter at latestps5. But moving on, yep. we've got the charts. We have Woo! the charts. This has become what? like the favorite part of the show, man, because he it just wants to see what is number one. Who's going to be number one? Okay, so we're going to start from uh, top 10 and we have a surprising finish, ladies and gentlemen, but starting from the top 10. Uh, we have FIFA 22 at number nine, Gran Turismo 7. Number eight, Minecraft on the Switch, still holding its own. At number seven, The Quarry. At number six, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which has been in the charts for a long time. Number five, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, another veteran of the charts in the UK. At number four, Nintendo Switch Sports, still holding uh, the top five. Uh, at number three, Mario Strikers Battle League Football, despite the negative... I guess um, I was wrong last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Despite the negative wrong, um, the featured people are still buying that game. At number two, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, obviously helped with the uh, uh, Obi-Wan uh, show, which is now on Disney+. Plus. Do check it out, people, because I think the last episode aired this week. Uh, but... Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new number one, a bounce back entry uh, from Horizon Forbidden West. Last week's number three, uh, this week's number one, mate. What is going on? 
mate, I just, this game is like a fucking yo-yo. It just keeps coming back and it goes down, up, down, up, down, it's up. A it, of a game. It's definitely by far being, had the most number ones. Yeah, yeah, year. yeah. <laughs> but it's just hilarious that no game can continuously hold it for a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just everyone <laughs> fails at the three-week point. Like, it's, weird, and Horizon yeah, yeah. is weird because it's three weeks. I'll drop to number three. Then I'll go back to number yeah, one for another two weeks. Then I'll drop. Then another three weeks. Then I'll drop. Like, it's yeah. going to drop again next week and then come back the week after. Like, back up. And this is the perfect, um, you know, uh, uh, gauge, I guess, for the amount of stock of PS5s, mm. which are currently going into the UK. So it's good to see that it's actually hit the top and it is well worth being number one. It's an amazing game. If you haven't yet got your hands on it, you get your hands on it and it's available on PlayStation 4 because there's plenty of those around 114 million um speaking of Horizon uh it moved back to number one as we've just mentioned with a 95 percent of sales coming on PS5 bundle wow. deals bundle <laughs> deals indeed uh despite a sales dip of 33 percent in sales Lego Star Wars remained second so yeah it is uh, an amazing game that is and like i said it's, it's helped with obi-wan but you can see that with a 33 percent drop from last week it was a very quiet week last week at uk retail for video games yeah, yeah it is it is um and the quarry uh, has playstation formats to thank for its continued presence in the top 10 with 47 percent purchase on the ps5 and 29 percent on the ps4 in comparison the xbox one s and x contributed just 13% of sales collectively. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just mm. 13%. Wow. So uh, the PlayStation brand is strong with this one. Dude, I, I, I haven't seen, I can't even remember. I think there's one game. I remember because we were shocked. I think there's only been one game since we started this show that sold better on Xbox week one. I just can't remember which one it was, but I think it might have been Call of Duty for the first week. I can't remember what it was, but there was a game and we were like, what? No, it wasn't Call of Duty. It was something else, and we couldn't believe it. But we were like, "Huh?" It was this generation as well. Go back into the episodes and let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was in this generation. So it was on the PS5 and Xbox Series S and X. Um, but that had done it, and I was just like, "That's weird." But yeah, again, every single every single week since Aquari has come out, it's been massive on PlayStation, and it's a game that's not on Game Pass. You have to buy it. Super massive. Have a heritage on PlayStation with Until Dawn, but they have a heritage with Xbox and PlayStation with the um, Dark Pictures Anthology. Their last three games have been multi-platform, so just shows you that sort of game that sells well on PlayStation, which is interesting because I think if you look at the Xbox audience, it's your Xbox hardcore and then kids. Because kids are like, oh, the moms are buying them an S, you know what I mean? And things yeah, like yeah. that. So, like, um, yeah. yeah, you'll see it on that sense. It is. Well, yeah, that has been the charts for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely one of the most interesting charts in the world, uh, what's happening in the UK. Um, okay, I'm moving on. Uh, so, basically, we did talk about uh, one of our letters, as we do every week. Uh, we had one from Dean earlier on, which we mentioned. We've already asked when he was talking about, or was asking uh, about PlayStation not being a part of the big shows uh, anymore. They're talking about their physical presence. Uh, we do have another uh, question from a Ryan from Chicago, Illinois. Um, and uh, you want to take that? <laughs> you want to take that one? Yeah. Uh, so Ryan from Chicago, Illinois asks, evening Team PS5. What three classic retro games from PlayStation Past would you like to see on PlayStation Plus <coughs> Premium? Just, let me just chuck that out there. You want access to this, you need PlayStation Plus Premium. You know? <laughs> so that's a fucking amazing question. What three yeah. classic retro games from PlayStation Plus? I actually haven't had a look at the full list. Mm. Um, 
So when he says retro, we're not we're talking PlayStation One L and PlayStation Two. We're not talking. Um, okay, so anything before PS Three. So PS One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, and um, yeah, I guess PSP. One, two, and PSP. Yeah. And PSP, I think uh, my number one would have to no be- fuck that, mate. It says retro, so we're going just PlayStation One. Let's say, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, and a bit left field, Parappa the Rapper. Is that up there? That's probably already on there, bro. What it's a fucking, shit fucking choice of a game. What a shit choice. Yeah, well, that was a, a bit of fun, man. Well, that was like that just reminds me of the first PlayStation demo disc, and it's just purely for that nostalgia vibe. In that case, you want Die Hard with a Vengeance, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> on <laughs> rails, airport <laughs> battle <laughs> in a taxi <laughs> and shit. <laughs> with uh, Bruce Willis saying the same thing again. Oh my god, oh my god. But yeah, um, that was definitely a good game. Uh, but now really, uh, real entry for it would be the Metal Gear Solid, obviously. You know, Metal mm. Gear Solid one tactical espionage action. Come on. Mm. I think one for me, I agree with you there. I concur. Metal Gear Solid 1. So that would be definitely one I would want on there. PlayStation Retro, I'm trying to think. Uh, I would have said, if you'd asked me this a few months ago, I would have said ISS Pro Evolution Soccer 2. But I'm enjoying eFootball now, so I don't need that on there. Um, (laughs) Let me just see how bad it was. (laughs) Nah, man. ISS Pro Evolution 2, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, Yeah, it was. Was. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I would want... This is not out of a personal preference. This is just out of intrigue. But Final Fantasy VII, I would love to play that and then go and play Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, to appreciate it more. Um, A lot of my Final Fantasy friends who I spoke about earlier said, if you want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, because obviously the PS5 patch is now available for the free version that was on PlayStation Plus, they were like, you need to appreciate it more by playing the original. Yeah. So even though I haven't played it yet, um, I would pick Final Fantasy VII as the second game just so I could appreciate, play it, and then do Final Fantasy VII Remake afterwards on that one. And then my final one, mm-hmm. I might as well just go proper, like, oh, Silent Hill, the original Silent Hill, you know, just a good old horror game, you know. Um, it's been a while, man. You know, horror is coming in 2023 in a big way and 20 late 23 with Callisto Protocol, Dead Space, Quantum Error, all these games are coming space. Yeah. But <laughs> it'd be nice just to play the original Silent Hill. I'm just trying to think of games that like I played on PlayStation 1. You know, I'm, I'm saying these games are probably fucking on the list already, but I haven't they're had a look. There. They're probably there. I haven't actually checked out the list, but um, definitely mm-hmm. Resident Evil 1. I wouldn't mind seeing how bad and choppy that looks now. Uh, and I would do, I'm really curious to see if the conversations actually change because sometimes they would talk like this yeah. and a massive response. And <laughs> those of you who remember the original PlayStation game, you could actually just hear the CD like churning, <laughs> churning, you know, as it was trying to find different bits of dialogue. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if they've actually managed to keep that timing in there. Um, and then lastly, I think... Um, I would throw Tekken in there because that would just be uh, expected. Um, now but... I'm just going through. I'm just, I'm just going through the list. You know when you have to keep scrolling. That's how many games are on premium. I am scrolling for ages. Yeah. No yeah. fight night. I'm not happy. <laughs> um, I think the last one would be um, Dino Crisis. Here we go. Uh, so the games that are on the UK PlayStation, just for the original PlayStation, Ape Escape, Everybody's Golf, Jumping Flash. 
Kurishi, Mr. Driller, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, Resident Evil Directors Cut, Siphon Filter, Tekken 2, Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue, Wild Arms, Worms Armageddon, Worms Wild Party. What a fucking shit list that is. Yeah, you need to update that Sony big time and quickly. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. So what did I say? Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy 7. Can I just put a shout out one in there? Just for nostalgia, and it would only be nostalgia for about an hour. That's Command and Conquer. Do you remember those games? Yeah, I remember Command and Conquer, yeah. Yeah, I just remember playing that on a demo so much. Like, that <laughs> was a game. Yeah, yeah, I think... It'd I'll, be cool I'll, just I'll, to play I'll, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, I mean, i, I got to get Tekken in there. And I think, is it like, um, Mortal Kombat Ultimate? I think they have that on there as well. Oh, no, it was a Mortal Kombat Trilogy. It's a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a good game, man. That was you got whooped game. in that as well. Oh, yeah, you wish. Uh, <laughs> get over here. Yeah, that, that was amazing. But thank you, Ryan. Great, great, great questions. Um, as always, uh, if you do want to get in touch with us, um, just let us know in the comment section below or at latest PS5 by Twitter or the latest PS5 at gmail.com. Um, if you want to use the old snail email. But um, but yeah, that's been that's been episode one hundred three, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, do check out the YouTube. We're all available on all the socials, wherever we are. Just give us a like, share, subscribe. You know the deal. Uh, would love all of that. And um, before we get into the last word of the day, what is the last word of the day? Actually, <laughs> what, what do you want to say? Um, just <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, just 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 be take your time and be very careful when you're changing your playstation plus if you're changing your playstation plus as i mentioned just look at the details look at the price you're going to pay how long that counts for and if you do upgrade just make sure you check it to turn off your auto renewal if you don't want to auto renew at the same time nice nice well ladies and gentlemen we've enjoyed you listening to us we've been enjoyed we've enjoyed talking to y'all uh so yes uh catch us back here every single week uh and make sure you hit that notification button as well uh the personalized one yeah so you know definitely when we're uh back on um the air we've uploaded our latest video but from me and him um yeah good night enjoy yourself and uh, night, everybody remember that playstation essentials or premium tip right there hmm. something else anyway good night y'all <laughs> <laughs>